0: Hey, it's Rob and welcome to Success Unlocked, helping you to build a happier, more confident, fulfilled, motivated and truly successful life, whatever success means to you. Today, I am joined by Alan Friedman as the author of three books. He was a motivational speaker in Canada before moving to the US. He also runs the awesome podcast, Discovering and Living the Best Version of You, which I am delighted to have been a guest on, so make sure you go and check that out, and also founded the Morning Star Animal Sanctuary back in 2001, and describes himself as a recovered evangelical. We're going to dive into that because today we're going to talk about the importance of being willing to learn, willing to grow and willing to change your beliefs to create stronger relationships and also create a deeper sense of purpose and happiness in your life as well. If that sounds good to you, then make sure to smash the subscribe button on the podcast because there's a brand new episode just like this every single week. Now, just before I speak to Alan, I've got a really special invitation for you. I have literally just started a brand new, totally free Facebook community where we can hang out and talk about all things success. We'll talk about happiness and confidence and motivation and habits and goal setting and achievement and basically becoming the perfect version of you. It's really the ideal community to hang out, ask questions, help other people, strike up amazing friendships and make the big changes that you really want to. So come and hang out. Just go to successunlocked.com forward slash group and by the magic of the internet, that will automatically forward you over there. That's successunlocked.com forward slash group. Now, let's start the show. This is Success Unlocked, where we uncover what it really takes to become the happiest, most confident, motivated, and truly fulfilled version of yourself, with advice and inspiration to create your own extraordinary life. Whatever success means to you, it's waiting just around the corner. Yes, we are here every single week sharing tips, advice, ideas, and inspiration to help regular people just like me and you to create a truly extraordinary life. Now,
1: Alan, welcome to Success
0: Unlocked. How's it
1: going? It's going really well. It's great to see you again, Rob. I guess we were together, you and I, what was it, about a month ago? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, no, we're doing great. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Delighted
0: to have you here. So let's, let's dive in now before we get into sort of the real topic, the real, uh, the real meat of today's episode. Um, I have a question I ask every guest and that is what does success mean to you in your life? Cause everybody really defines it differently. So what's your definition of success?
1: Great question. And as you were asking it, the answer immediately came to mind for me, Rob, It's making a significant positive difference in the lives of people that come across my path and helping them to remove whatever the pain is that they're experiencing.
0: I love that. It's got a real output to it, hasn't it? It's got a real, like, like you get the success from helping other people uh, as well. Now, I know you've had an interesting story (laughs) and an interesting journey through life, and you use the word evangelical. Uh, So I want to dive into that. What is the story? What is the path that brought you to the position of being, you now say, recovered evangelical? We'll get onto that later. But for now, what's the sort of story that brought you to a position of being evangelical?
1: Well, it's a great question. Um, And I suppose that there are any number of reasons, but I suppose if I were boiling it down to one, I might just refer to it as a calling. That said, as I reflect back over the years, I'm not sure that I was picking up the right telephone call, but it was, I would certainly say it was a calling on my life, but again, not necessarily answering the the right call. But with all, with all of that said, Rob, there is a world of difference between being a person of faith and an evangelical, a uh, world of difference. By nature, I'm a researcher. So as people were coming on to me and pushing the evangelical story, I felt it was incumbent upon myself to do a deep dive Uh, and um, for the purpose of ascertaining whether this thing that was being proposed was really the real deal, whether it was legitimate or not. Irrespective of what that may be, I became what I would refer to as an absolutist. It was very, very simple for me. Um, Bottom line was my posture was the only right posture. If you had a question Then you needed an answer. All you had to do was ask me and I would tell you what you needed to hear. I was, as the evangelical community refers to it, I was on fire for God. With that said, that also meant that I was enemy number one when it came to the LGBTQ community, which became really very problematic because my daughter's gay.
0: Right that, that i totally see i totally see the problem that that brings up i'm interested because what you've just described is for somebody who may not be religious like if somebody's listening to this and they're not religious but they find themselves being of a mindset where in any area of the life or of life or the world there is their their way or the wrong way i think there's lo- lots of people who are very like this, this is correct this is the right thing to do this is this is right. morally ethically just makes sense this is the correct approach to take to anything whether it's religion or or otherwise i think is is really important, and there's going to be a lot to pull out of this. So for context for our listeners, now you describe yourself as a recovered evangelical. That makes sense. I've got a friend who is a recovered journalist. Uh, You're a recovered (laughs) evangelical. How would you say that things are different in your life right now?
1: Oh, man. Rob, I did a 180. Um, As I was mentioning a moment ago, I felt dogmatically that I had absolutely all the right answers. Um, If you wanted to know something, you just had to ask me and I would give you the truth. Now, however, I've got very many questions and I'm dogmatic about very few things. I think that some folks would refer to that as um, gaining wisdom. I hope that that's correct. But I will tell you, as I look back over the years, uh, back when I, to when I was firmly entrenched in the evangelical camp, Rob, I was absolutely obnoxious, thoroughly obnoxious. If you had somebody, if, if you had a friend, I would have been the last person you would have wanted to introduce them to. Now, I'm profoundly accepting Deeply open. uh, Teachable. I've gone from being enemy number one of the LGBTQ community to being its most ardent supporter. I still have a dynamic personal relationship with the divine, but it's raw. It's different. Still a calling, but very, very different. As I said a moment ago, it's it's now accept it's one of acceptance openness and being deeply teachable I think what's interesting about
0: that is that you haven't just got to a point where you're accepting of your daughter or of, of that, of that part of the world or of, of anything, you know, not just the LGBTQ community, but of, of people generally, you're not just accepting of, not just accepting of it, where you sort of put up with it and that's the way things are, but actually have gone so far in the other direction that it's absolutely great and you really support it, which is, which is amazing. I'm really interested. Would you have said that back in the day you were self-righteous and (laughs) what sort of impact did that have on the people that you met? Oh
1: man. Yes. Um, As I was alluding to just a moment ago, I believed with every ounce of my being, every fiber of my being, that I was God's gatekeeper of all things holy. Holy. You know uh there's an expression that all truth is personal with that said i was I believed that I was the standard of true truth um as to the impact on others, two things come to mind: one would be my marriage uh when I first joined the evangelical camp, the folks that were um, with, that were um attempting to further my education, so to speak, uh, my involvement in the community, there was a particular church fellowship that most of them attended. And they felt strong, uh, or they were strongly convicted that I ought to be attending that same fellowship. More to the point, they felt that my wife, Fran, should be accompanying me. So I went, of course, started prodding and attempting to motivate Fran to follow me to this particular church fellowship. Fran wanted absolutely nothing to do with it, and I mean nothing to do with it. So, of course, I had a challenge, I had an issue, and I shared this with my friends from this fellowship. And they said to me, here's what you need to do, Alan. You need to go home, and you need to say to her, dear, dear if you are the woman of God that you profess to be, then you will gladly follow me to the fellowship that I was attending. It's uh, needless to say, <laughs> I'm not going to share on air uh, what she, how she responded. Right. Uh, but but to say, to say that it was, uh, that it started to create some real, Friction in our relationship would be a profound understatement. So that was one way. The other thought that comes to mind, the other instance that comes to mind is I had a very dear friend who was a president of a financial institution in Canada. And he approached me one day and he asked if I would be a main platform speaker on their upcoming annual convention. I said I would be delighted. Well, of course, Ron uh, started to become acclimated, or at least was becoming aware of this evangelical posture in my life. And he called me one morning and he said on the telephone, and he said, can we get together? I said, absolutely. So we got together, I think it was that same morning, and he said to me, regarding the, our upcoming convention, I've decided to replace you. And I I looked at him and I said, why? And he gave me this answer. He said, Alan, I absolutely cannot afford to have you stand in front of all of our invited guests and tell them all they needed to be saved. And so (laughs) needless to say, I was crushed. I was my I was uh, I was broken uh, as a result of this. But over time, Rob, I certainly came to see the wisdom in the making that that, uh, or taking that posture. I get it
0: it makes a lot of sense I'm really interested obviously you've, you've used the word beliefs quite a lot or I believed and I believed this and I believed that strongly believed that and our beliefs are really powerful because they, they make up like a, a core element of who we are and, and, how, and what we stand for and what we stand against you've talked about quite a lot of beliefs there and beliefs are a hard thing to change whether they're beliefs about ourselves about other people about the world about our place within the world they're a hard thing to change so I'm curious yeah. what event was it that started to turn things around so that you could be what you describe in your own words are sort of healed of of being this way
1: well needless to say over the over the years things have changed dramatically back in the day i used scripture both older testament and newer testament to control the what i believe to be blasphemers and of course the blasphemers were anyone that didn't believe as i do
0: right
1: um I also referred to them as the spiritually lost, the unsaved. Rob, I believed with all of my heart that it was a deep privilege for anyone to meet with me, never mind my allowing them to touch me or hug me. I believed that that was an absolute, genuine blessing. Um, The real issue, I think the deepest problem was that I had an absolute need to be right. It's one thing to be right about something, but when you need to be right about something, that's an addiction. Right. And I was absolutely addicted with me. Over time, however, thank God, my relationship with the divine has changed so much. Now it's all about, from my perspective perspective, It's about blessing others and not judging them. It's about being an agent of healing uh, and not harming. It's also a function of my releasing them to be the biggest and the greatest that they can be and not controlling them. I'm interested to know, was this
0: a journey that you went on or was it something that happened very quickly? So like, was it something where somebody like flicked a switch and everything changed or did this take a period of time?
1: That's a great question. You know, when I was in the evangelical camp, we would get together every Friday evening for a Bible study, me and a number of folks from this, fellow, from this church fellowship. And so we found ourselves in the first the early few day, first few days of a new year, getting together on this Friday night at this building for our weekly prayer meeting. And so the fellow that led the meeting said, "This is what I thought might, might what might make a lot of sense for this particular time together. Let's put our chairs in a circle and let's go around the room, and as it comes to your turn." share with the group the most profound and significant thing that the divine did in your life in this past year. Everyone thought it was a great idea. I thought it was a terrifying idea as, and it'll become apparent why in just a moment. So just imagine me and a bunch of others in a a circle in our chairs, Rob, as it was getting closer for me to share my heart was absolutely pounding out of my chest. And I knew why I was about to reveal the lie. You see, everybody thought that I had this idyllic existence, this idyllic life, that the divine had a very special touch on my life. When it came to me, I absolutely lost it and the rug got pulled out from under me and I can, I'll never forget. I will never forget this. I screamed at the top of my lungs. I must be, I I must be the worst husband on the planet and more so I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to be a great life partner. I don't know how to be a great husband. And I was bawling my eyes out. Rob, as I look back, I would say that I would, I I believe that that was for me the turning point. I would, oh, and I went, and when I went home, I felt one of the things that I needed to do was sit down with my wife Fran and share with her what had happened that evening. And I did. That was that for me, that was the turning point.
0: Sounds, sounds amazing. I mean, what, what an amazing story. I mean, you've become very proud of your willingness to be teachable. And I think that's yes. something that everybody needs. they, it's easy to fall into a trap, again, religion or otherwise, it's easy to fall into a trap of fe- feeling like you know it better than anyone else because of your experience or your beliefs or, or whatever. What do you think right. somebody could do in order to become more willing to learn and more open to the idea that they could be wrong or they could be corrected or they could they could improve that area of their life?
1: Right. Well, in everything, including the area of faith and religion, is a willingness to get out of your own way, I think that oftentimes, very oftentimes, the greatest stumbling block that uh, that we have in making progress is being in our own way. So get out of your own way, and have the courage and the trust that when you do that, that the divine will honor that and will begin to work in your life, and be willing to wipe. Your the whiteboard of your life clean to it, confess to yourself that you pro- at the end of the day that you need you know nothing and you need to re- return to life's classroom. I think, with when one or if one comes to that posture, uh, it will be a, a time of the beginning of a time of healing and the time of making genuine progress.
0: I love that. This has been such a great conversation. I think there's so much people can pull from this. I'm interested to know over the course of your life and whether it was related to this story we've talked about today or something else, what would you say is the best piece of personal development advice you've received from somebody else? And who was that person?
1: There's been so, there have been so many Rob. Um, I would say, though, as I was just alluding to a moment ago, amongst that at the very, at the very top, uh, at the top of the list, would be my friend Ron Pearsall, who I alluded to earlier, the fellow that had the convention where I was invited and then uninvited in retrospect, Ron would have to be amongst those at the very top. Um, he urged me years ago to be one, to have, to live a life that never arrived, but that was always striving for more for growth. And just when you think you're, you may be nearing the top of the mountain, to rethink that and to keep on going. I in in retrospect as I think back on Ron and the conversations that we had it was never arrive. Life is a journey and not a destination.
0: I love that that's that falls so in line with everything that I think about life and the world and all of this. Alan. this has been amazing. Listen, where can people go if they want to find out more about you and everything that they're doing everything that you're doing sure,
1: thank you so much um folks certainly um and we're on v- virtually every uh podcast platform um if you wanna uh learn if you want to learn more about what we're doing. Uh, on, on our podcast, go to Discovering and Living the Best Version dot 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 of you exclamation uh, mark, or you can reach us on our on my email address, which is the rabbi at the dot and then of course Rob was alluding to our three books that we've published to date: The Walk. My Weekly Walk, and most recently, I'm Every Woman. They're all available on Amazon. And when you do a search, just uh, also add into the search Friedman, F-R-E-E-D-M-A-N, to make sure that it takes you to the right book. Um, The first two books, uh, The Walk and My Weekly Walk, are about personal and spiritual growth. And I'm Every Woman is all about a, uh, is all about celebrating and validating the significance and the great, greatness of women innately as seen through the eyes of a man with the heart of a woman.
0: I love it. And we'll put, of course, links to all of the resources and the books in the show notes, which you can find over at successunlocked.com forward slash Alan. This has been amazing. Alan, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. I think there is so much to pull from that episode. For listening to this, if you've ever felt like perhaps it's it's not okay to be wrong or it's not okay to double back. It's not okay to go back on the way that you originally felt or believed or things that you said. I think Alan is a walking, talking, podcasting example of the fact that actually it's perfectly okay. And sometimes it's absolutely just necessary for, for growth and for understanding. And if you are not willing to change, then you're never going to be willing or able to grow. So there is so much to pull out of this episode. Uh, again, go and check out all of the show notes at successunlock.com forward slash Alan. And of course, you'll find all of the links across to the books and everything there as well. Finally, before we, before you go, if If you've enjoyed this episode, make sure to leave a quick review on your favourite podcast player or if you're watching us on YouTube, drop a comment down below with your biggest takeaways. A nice review or a comment goes a really long way towards helping more people get the benefit from this content. Oh, and like I said, make sure to subscribe because I'm back here with a brand new content packed episode like this every single week and I know how busy you are. I'd hate for you to miss it. Smash the subscribe button and I'll see you the same time, same place next week at Success Unlocked. You've been listening to Success Unlocked. Don't forget to stop by at successunlocked.com for full notes and resources from this and every other episode. Then subscribe so that you don't miss out on anything.